But look at Proverbs chapter 20. Look at, look at verse 6. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Yeah, they will. Most men will do that. Most men will tell you how good they are and all the good deeds they do. But look at here. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. A faithful man who can find. I'm going to preach this morning on a faithful man. Being faithful. Being a faithful person. You know, uh, if I had to give a title to this sermon, it would be Faithfulness Produces Fruitfulness. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. When I talk to other pastors, other uh, preacher friends of mine, they'll ask me about the ministry, and sometimes they'll ask me for some advice, which is really, really rare, amen. But sometimes they will say, well, what do you got to say, pastor? What do you? I'll say, hey, if you'll be faithful, you'll produce fruit. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Just be faithful to what the Lord has called you to do. If, it's, if He's called you to Africa, if He's called you to a foreign land, if He's called you just to sit in the pew and to say amen and to read your Bible, just to be a good Christian, you've got a testimony. Just be faithful to what the Lord's called you to do. And you'll be fruitful. The Lord's called each one of us to a purpose. He's got a purpose for us. There's a time coming, guys, that uh, Jesus Christ is going to come looking for fruit in your life. And that's what a lot of Christians don't realize. A lot of Christians don't realize the Lord didn't just save you to sit you down on a couch to be a couch potato. The Lord saved you to produce fruit. He expects fruit. And if you read John chapter 15, you'll read Ephesians chapter 2, you'll see where Jesus Christ is going to come along. And He's looking today, this morning, He's going to look on your tree of life for some fruit, some good fruit. So you need to examine yourself as we get going this morning. Am I producing any fruit for the Lord? It's one thing to be saved. And we want you saved. We want you to, to have a place waiting for you in heaven. But now there's, there's, you're not just saved to go to heaven. You're saved to produce fruit on this earth. And that's what the Lord's got you to do. And if we're faithful, we'll produce fruit. If you're faithful, you will produce fruit, Christian. Just be faithful to what the Lord's called you to do. Now, I know everybody's got their own calling, and I'm not going to put a calling on you. And your calling might be just, maybe you'll hand out some tracts. Maybe you'll hand out one tract. Maybe you'll just witness to some friends, co-workers. I don't know what the the Lord's calling is, but that's your calling. Be faithful to that, and you will produce fruit. And listen to me. What we all want to hear when we get to heaven, and we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and oh, I can't wait for that day. When we get to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and see the beauty of His face and see that love in His eyes, I want Him to look at me as I get down on my knees in front of Him and I want Him to look at me and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We want to be good, but we want to be faithful. And Jesus Christ said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we all want to hear. So we want to look this morning, how can we be faithful? But a faithful man, who can find? That's what the, the world's lacking this, faithfulness. The world's lacking men who are faithful, who are faithful to their wives, faithful to the church, faithful to the country, faithful to what they believe. Let's just be faithful to what the Lord's called us to do. We need to have more men who are faithful. Look at, look at Proverbs chapter 11. All these are going to go through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 11. If you're following along, let's look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. Let's look at some of these things. These qualities of a faithful man. We're going to look at some qualities of a faithful man. You know, I, uh, when we do the hiring at the city of Brownwood, I have guys we hire up and they come in. And one of the first things I tell them, I tell them, be faithful to come into work. Just show up. If you'll just be a warm body, if you'll just be faithful to showing up, it's, a lot, it's hard to fire somebody who's showing up to work. If a guy just shows up, it's real hard for us to get rid of him because he's there every morning. 
But we might have the, and we had some hard workers, but they only show up four days out of the week. It don't do us any good. We need somebody who shows up five days a week, who's faithful every time the doors are there, that he's going to be faithful to show up and do his job. He don't have to be, and I'll tell them that, you don't have to be the hardest worker. You don't have to be the best worker. Just show up. If you show up, we'll put you where we want you to be. And that's what Jesus Christ expects. If you'll just be faithful, you don't have to be the best worker. You don't have to have the most Bible knowledge or anything like that. You don't have to be the most intelligent. You don't have to be the most articulate. You don't have to be the best speaker. But the Lord says, if you'll just let you show up, let me use you. I'll produce some fruit out of you. Amen. So look at uh, chapter 11, verse 13. A talebearer, a talebearer revealeth secrets. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. The first thing you need to know about a, com- a faithful man is he's a confidant. He's somebody you can put your trust in. A faithful man is somebody you can put your trust in, somebody you can tell secrets to that you know will keep that secret. Man, there's nothing that destroys anything any quicker than gossip, guys, than a tellbearer. Gossip destroys families. Gossip destroys relationships. Gossip destroys friendships. Gossip has destroyed so many families in this country. Just people telling stories on each other and, and spreading gossip they should never spread. And I, Will Rogers has a quote here. He says, the only time people dislike gossip is when you gossip about them. Isn't that true? I don't know about y'all, but I love to hear gossip. I do. Somebody come up to me and says, uh, have you heard the story about what happened to so-and-so? No, man, tell me what happened to so-and-so. <laughs> That's just me. And so I have to fight that. You know, it's hard to, have you heard what so-and-so did? No, I didn't hear what so-and-so did. Don't tell me. I don't want to know what horrible things so-and-so did. Those words have never come out of my mouth. I always say, really? What did so-and-so do? That's our, that's a human nature. We're not faithful like we should be. We need to be more faithful to the Lord and be faithful to keep secrets. Be a confidant. Don't you, we all need a friend that we can trust to tell our deepest, darkest secrets. Amen. We don't want friends like that. that you know, we don't want to tell a friend something, then the next thing, all, everybody in school, everybody at work, everybody knows these secrets. Amen. We don't want that stuff out. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is that confidant. Jesus Christ is that friend. You can tell all your deepest, darkest secrets, and he'll hold them, and nobody else will find out about them. You need to get them off your heart. You need to get them off your heart. You need to go to the Lord in prayer and, and confess this stuff to the Lord. I shouldn't have done this. And Lord, I, I, I'm just not. You need to confess these sins. That's why it's so important to confess them and have a confidant like Jesus Christ. It says here, here's another little saying. It says, if you would wish another to keep your secret, first keep it yourself. Amen. <laughs> if you wish, if you would wish another to keep your secret, first keep it yourself. In other words, you know how to keep a secret from people finding out about a secret? Don't tell nobody. That's the best advice. I've had people come up to me and say, I want to tell you this, but you can't tell anybody else. I'll say, just don't tell me then. <laughs> I'll, I'll flat tell them, don't tell me because I might slip. I might forget you told me this. Don't tell me. And they go, no, no, I think you can keep it. <laughs> so don't tell me. <laughs> I'm not lying. Don't tell me that. No, no, I think you can keep it. I just told you I can't keep it. No, no, I think you could keep it. You know why they're telling me that they think I can keep it? Because they want to tell me gossip. <laughs> That's it. Amen. That's what it is. Spurgeon said, I never like people to tell me secrets, for I cannot keep them. That's what Charles Spurgeon said. The prince of preachers, he said, don't tell me a secret because I can't keep them. That's me. And as a pastor, you've got to learn to keep secrets. You've got to learn to keep these things in. You've got to learn to keep secrets. Amen. Amen. You've got to. You've got to learn to keep this stuff. 
A Turkish proverb said, Who gossips to you will gossip of you. If you have somebody who's telling you these secrets of somebody else and gossiping to you about somebody else's problems, you know what? They're going to turn around and gossip about you. I promise you that. Amen. Where there, where there are no hearers, there would be no backbiters. Listen, if somebody wouldn't listen to this garbage and wouldn't open up their ears to this garbage, there wouldn't be any backbiting going on. There wouldn't be any way to spread this stuff around. This stuff's real personal to me because just recently I had somebody spread, say some really, really foul things about me. And it got around to one of my friends. My friend, was, my friend was at work, and one of his coworkers came up to me, and he said, oh, you know Keegan? He said, yeah, I'm, yeah I know Keegan. He said, well, I heard this about Keegan. And he told my friend Calvin that. And my friend Calvin said, I've known Keegan all my life, and he wouldn't do that. And that guy that told my friend Calvin this dark, this secret that nobody else is supposed to know, he said, oh, well, I didn't believe it. <laughs> then why did you tell it? You didn't believe it. But why didn't you, why didn't, why didn't you go telling my friend? He said he didn't know he was a friend of mine. See. He didn't know how close this friend of mine was. He's been there with me from the very beginning. Hell, well, well, I didn't believe it. The only reason he said that because he saw my friend was about to punch him in the face. That's what was going on. He thought there was a fight about to break out. And he said, well, I, I didn't believe it. If you don't believe it, then why are you spreading it? That's just the human nature. Guys, we need to be faithful men and women that can keep secrets. We need to be a, we need to be a faithful man to keep secrets, to be a confidant, to be a confidant. Look at Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. See, I can tell that went over real good in here. Because everybody in here is guilty of that. I can just feel it just whoo, sweep over the church. You start talking about gossiping, people, people know they, knows they can't deny that. Because everybody loves good gossip. Proverbs chapter 13, look at verse 17. Here's another way we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. A faithful man is an ambassador. A faithful man is an ambassador. Everybody in here is an ambassador for Jesus Christ. If you receive Jesus Christ, you're an ambassador. In other words, an ambassador represents a foreign country in a, where he's at. You're, you're, you're from a foreign country now. You're from heaven. Your home is heaven now if you're a born-again Christian. And now you're living in this country we call the United States. You're a foreigner in the United States. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. In other words, your job is to tell the good news of your foreign country and to represent your foreign country. And a faithful man is an ambassador. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. So many Christians are not good ambassadors. They're, they're wicked messengers. If you're, you said an ambassador is chosen by a country, and an ambassador sent to a foreign country. And if you send an ambassador to a foreign country, and then you call that ambassador and say, well, have you went and talked to somebody about us? Have you? No, no I haven't. And the ambassador you get to, gets a phone call, and he, he gets back, and he says, no, I haven't talked to anybody. I've been out partying. I've been out in the clubs. I've been out partying. I've been out drinking. And I've been out just living my own life. Now, how good an ambassador is that? He's been sent to give a message. Every Christian, guys... Jesus Christ expects you to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ, of Him. Amen. you got some good news. You shouldn't be holding it in. You should be telling people how good Jesus Christ is. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? You don't hear it on TV? Oh, they, they, they might mention Jesus, maybe. But they're not going to tell you, Jesus Christ will save you from your sins. God forbid that TV would tell you that you're a sinner. 
They, there's no sinners in America anymore. In America, everybody's okay. Everything's okay. We're all getting along. And if you don't get along, it's your fault. You're not diverse enough. Listen, we need people to stand up and say, you're a sinner going to hell. And you need Jesus Christ. And an ambassador doesn't go over and say, hey, I'm from America, but Russia's a real good place to live. I'm from America, but man, you need to go over to China. No, an ambassador to heaven will say, you need to get to heaven. What I'm trying to get at is this. You need to realize, and you need to know your Bible well enough enough to know there's only one way into heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. We're not an ambassador for Buddha or Muhammad or for any other faker. We're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And we know through Jesus Christ and through His words that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that our Savior, Jesus Christ, stood up and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, No man... No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, you're not going to get to God but by me right here. Now, Brother Keegan didn't say that. That's what Jesus Christ said in John 14. Jesus Christ is all about a narrow way. It's one way. It's Jesus Christ. And as an ambassador for Jesus Christ, we need to be faithful to tell the truth about Jesus Christ and be a faithful ambassador. Not be a wicked, a wicked messenger. A wicked messenger is trying to live for himself. So many Christians nowadays are living for themselves. They're not living for Jesus Christ. They're not living like they're an ambassador. When's the last time somebody come up to you in a grocery store, at work, anywhere else, and told you about Jesus Christ? Honestly, personally, it's a long time since somebody, somebody I don't know has come up to me and say, here's a gospel track, or come up to me and say, do you know Jesus Christ? Or just simply come up and say, hey, I want to invite you to church. When's the last time somebody's done that for you? Hey, we need to be faithful, amen? There's people not doing this stuff. That's my point I'm trying to make to you. Who's doing it? We need to be doing it. If we're not doing it, who's going to do it? We need to do this stuff. Guys, we need to be more faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the way you're faithful is to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. What is a fruit tree? A fruit tree produces fruit. The fruit falls down, and what is that fruit meant to do? That that fruit is meant to produce other fruit trees. So when I say you need to be fruitful, what I'm trying to say and what Jesus Christ is trying to say to you is when you are fruitful, you're producing other fruit trees. So those other fruit trees can drop down fruit, and they can produce other fruit trees. This stuff has got to multiply. You come to a burning house, there's a burning building. And there's somebody on the second floor, and they don't realize the bottom floor is on fire. You're going to stand there and watch them as that place is burning up? No, you're going to stand up and you're going to yell, Hey, it's on fire. There's a fire down here. And if they come to the, they come to the window, and they might mock you. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't listen to them. They're just, what are you going to, t- no, no, I'm being serious. There's a fire. Hey, there's a fire called hell. And sinners are going there without Jesus Christ. We need to be warning them. We need to be warning them. Let's move on to the next one. Proverbs 14, 14, 5. This is right across the page. Proverbs 14, 5. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Will utter lies. So a faithful man is a truth teller. A faithful man is a truth teller. Truth teller. A faithful man is truthful. So if you're going to be faithful to the Lord and you're going to be a faithful ambassador, you need to learn to tell it like it is and tell the truth. 
You know why we don't tell the truth? Because it's not popular. What I just preached just a couple of minutes ago is not popular whatsoever. It is not popular, amen, that Jesus Christ is the only way. Yeah, Jesus Christ is the only way. You're a sinner. No, I'm not that bad. (laughs) I have people tell me that. Well, I'm not that bad a person. Yeah, you are that bad in Jesus' eyes. Because see, you're not, I'm, you might even be a better person than me. I'll be the first to admit that. I admit I'm not that good a person. But see, you're not going to be judged by God by your righteousness to my righteousness. In other words, God's not going to stand up here and say, Well, yeah, compared to Keegan, you're pretty good. Come on in here to heaven. He's going to put you up next to Jesus Christ. Ooh. And I don't, care how, I don't care if you're the biggest atheist in here. You might be the biggest God-hater. Don't even believe in God. You've got to look at the historical figure of Jesus Christ and have to admit one thing. Jesus Christ never did anything wrong. What are you going to judge him by? Here's a man that loved people, taught us to love our enemies, healed people, loved people, took care of people. That's the man. There, there's nothing wrong with Jesus Christ as the historical figure. You, there's nothing wrong. He's He's blessed. You can't judge him that way. We need to tell the truth. We need to tell the truth. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Faithful when, even when it's not popular. You know, I used to have a, a teach Sunday school. This was years ago, and I taught Sunday school for about 10 years at Victory Baptist Church. And I don't know if Wade and Matt remember this, but I had this little pulpit, and I had found this bumper sticker, and it said, What is popular? It had a bumper sticker, and it was, I, I put it right here. And it said, what is popular is not always right, and what is right is not always popular. And I had forgotten I had that on there. And I had somebody visiting from Victory Baptist out here at Indian Gap, and he was talking outside church. He goes, you know what I always remember about you, Brother King? And I said, well, I was afraid to ask. I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> you know? He said, uh, you had that bumper sticker, that sticker on there. It said, what is popular is not always right, and what is right is not always popular. He goes, I'll never forget that. That's why this is up here, guys. See, some of y'all might be in here, you might not be listening to a word I'm saying, but right up here, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You'll be reading that, you'll be reading that, you'll be reading that, you'll be reading that. See, even even when I'm not telling the truth, this is always telling the truth. See, I might be a liar, and you might find me lying, but you'll never find this lying. Amen. Amen. Brother Keegan might fall off the band, fall off the wagon. You might find Brother Keegan drunk under a bridge one day and say, Brother Keegan, he stopped loving the Lord, but this will never change. These words will never change. Praise the Lord for that, guys. Praise the Lord for that. We're not serving, any, we're not serving the Baptists. We're not serving a, congreg- a denomination. We're serving a man, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's who we're serving. And we're going to be faithful to tell the truth. A faithful witness will not lie. Sometimes we tell, the tr- we tell half-truths to protect feelings and not to offend. And that's how we are. We try to tell half-truths because we don't want to offend somebody. You know, when our wives come in there and our wives come in the, in, in the bedroom, they say, how does this look on me? And uh, we, we look at it for a long time and we say, it looks really good. It looks really good. Even if it's a half-truth, it always looks really good, baby. I promise you that. Always looks good. My wife knows. I'm the first to tell her I don't like the way that looks. I don't like the way that looks. We, that's how our relationship started out, and it works really good. And she's real quick to tell me I look stupid in that. That don't match, you know. And I'm glad she is. I'm glad that she is. I get it come. She gets, gives it right back to me. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. You know what the problem is? The truth is you can't handle the truth. The world can't handle the truth. And we try to give them the truth, and they can't handle it. 
We try to back off the truth. You know, we have, we have people's loved ones that were living like sin, never knew the Lord, never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they die, and we, we know in our heart that they're in hell, and they ask us about them, and we have to tell them, well, we think they're in heaven. We try to comfort them a little bit. But the truth is, they're probably not in heaven, amen? I'm not here to judge any man where they're at, but I can tell you by the Word of God where they're probably at. Without Jesus Christ, they're in hell. With Jesus Christ, they're in heaven. Good news. We should tell the truth when it, we should tell the truth when it offends, but we should also tell the truth when it encourages people. Amen? Amen? We need to get the truth out there. We need to get the truth out there. Let's, let's move on to the, to the next one. Proverbs 25. Let's move on. We're getting close to being done. Proverbs 25. Paul said about the truth, he said, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Guys, when you tell the truth, you're going to get enemies. But you need to be faithful to telling the truth. You need to be faithful. To... You say, Brother Keegan, what's the truth? Well, the truth is what comes out of the Word of God. If you'll if just, just say, you know what? If I'm going to have conviction about truth, I, it's going to be out of this book right here. Because this book, like I said, never changes. They can't find any, They think they find faults. There's no faults in this book. If I can keep the truth to right here, not my opinion, but what the Bible says, then you, you're okay. What the problem is, is when you start running your mouth about stuff that you don't know half anything about, and you start thinking that's the truth, that's when you get into troubles. We, that's where, amen, Brother Gary knows exactly what I'm talking about. We, we, we run our mouths about stuff we don't know about, and then it turns out we were lying, or we didn't know what, we, you know, that's when you get the problem. Stick with the book. Stick with the book. 25. Chapter, chapter 25. Look at verse 13, please. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest. Look at that. So is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Hey, another thing a faithful man should be is refreshing. Should be refreshing. I don't know about y'all, but I'm sick and tired of turning on the TV and seeing all this political correct. Garbage. Amen. Just about, ah. <laughs> it's just it's just so they're so politically correct about everything. There's no black man. There's no Mexican. This is it's an American. Nobody's any. There's no different colors or races. Everybody's all the same. Everybody thinks all the same. Everybody listens to the same type of music. Everybody should be the same, and everybody's not the same. Amen. Amen. The black man don't listen to the same music I listen to. The white man don't listen to the same music. Hey, y'all going to be watching the Cowboys this evening. I know y'all. Dak Prescott, they asked him, they asked Dak Prescott, they said, how can, you, how can you get along with everybody? He goes, because I'm half black and half white. That's what he said. He said, when I'm on the field, he said, they'll be playing black music, and I, I'll, I'll listen to that black music, the black guys. He goes, and then when Travis Frederick, the white men, the, the front linemen, they're listening to George Strait, he goes, I listen to George Strait, the country music. That's how I get along with everybody. There's the truth. <laughs> the point is, is you, know what, you know what happens when you get to start just telling it the truth, the plain truth? It's real refreshing. Amen. That's what happened with Donald Trump. And I don't agree with everything about Donald Trump, but you know what Donald Trump did? He just started running his mouth. He, just, he wasn't politically correct. He didn't mind if he offended you. He, 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 yeah, we're going to bomb him. You know, he'd just say stuff. Stuff you're not supposed to say. He would say. You know what people were finding out? They are finding that really refreshing. One of the highest rated debates of all time was when he debated Hillary Clinton. 
You think people turned on there to hear what Hillary Clinton had to say? Come on. You think that it's the same old garbage, things she's been told to say, things she's told not to say. She's so precise, and you listen to what they have to say, and they pause and wait for a long time. What are they thinking? Okay, should I say this? Should I say this? And then they'll say it. They, ca- they calculated their thing they say. And why did we watch Donald Trump on that debate? Because we're waiting for him to make a fool of himself, amen? Because you knew he was going to say something that's going to be off the wall. Off the- it was very refreshing. Hey, there's people out there living in school, living at work, living in their jobs, wherever they're at, and they want somebody to come in there and just be refreshing. Be yourself. Tell the truth. Say, there's, yeah, hell's out there, and Jesus Christ is the only way you're going to get out of hell. That's very refreshing. Hey, you know what's really refreshing? When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'm a sinner, and you're a sinner, and without Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. And I'm a sinner. And it's real refreshing for somebody to say, you know, I'm bad. You know where we get the idea and where I get the idea that I'm so bad from reading that Bible right there? Amen. It ain't from y'all. The only one that tells me I'm bad in here is Brother Raymond. Him and my wife. They're the only two that kept telling me I'm bad in here. I, I, I was telling my wife a story, and this is a good story. I'm riding with this guy at work. Joker knows this story. I'm riding with this guy at work, and, and he has the window cracked down this far on his side. And I said, is that a mosquito on the edge of that window? So he puts his fingers in that window, and I roll his fingers up in the window. <laughs> and he's like, ah! And this poor guy, he's got one eye that looks this way and one eye that can look at you. <laughs> so I tell him, I start laughing real hard at him. Then I roll his finger, and I start laughing at him because I rolled his fingers up in the window. And I tell him, I said, well, he goes, why would you do that? I said, well, I was just trying to make your fingers as crooked as your eyes. So my, I tell my wife this story, you know, because I think it's real funny. She tells me, that's why you go out there. And I, she tells me, that's why you go down to the church and repent all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she knows. I've always had, that's why I'm down here all the time, guys, because I'm repenting. Hey, I, I'm the first to admit, I might be a preacher, but man, I need to repent, repent a lot quicker than y'all guys. I'm just as wicked as y'all. I'm probably more wicked. But I'm faithful through what the Lord has called me to do, which is to preach. And if you don't like it, fine. But I feel like the Lord's called me to do this, so I'm faithful to do this. I ran for this for years and years and years. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to teach. I said, Lord, leave me alone. And then one day I just gave up. My mom died. I looked up in the heaven. I said, all right, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. I can hear my sister in there. As my mom's laying there dead, I can hear my sister in there screaming, Don't leave me, Mama. Don't leave me, Mama. Don't leave me, Mama. And I just looked up into heaven. I said, Lord, I'm done. Whatever you want to do with me, you can do. And Jesus Christ said, Okay, I got something for you. Come here. And I've tried to be faithful to the calling the Lord's given me, which is to preach the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Be faithful to His words. Be faithful to His book. Be faithful to His calling. That's all I've tried to do. I'm not a good man. I'm not a good preacher. I'm just a man that tries tries to be faithful to what the Lord has called me to do. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll be faithful to what the Lord has called you to do, you will be fruitful. The Lord will be fruitful with you. Be fruitful and be faithful. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refreshes the soul of his master. This is real refreshing. Real refreshing just to tell it like it is. Let's look at 27.6. Proverbs 27.6. Proverbs 27.6. We're almost done. Proverbs 27.6. Proverbs 27.6. You need to be, be a faithful man is refreshing, but you know what else you need to be? You need to be a faithful friend. 
Proverbs 27, 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Guys, we need to be faithful friends. And when we're being a faithful friend, we've got to tell a friend exactly what's coming, when the way they're acting. We're, we're, the friends are the ones that should be telling, the other, telling our friends when they're going wrong, when they're going down the, going down the wrong way. Hey, when you've when you got a friend that's doing the wrong thing, that's when you say, hey, there's a way. I'm, I, you say stuff like this to them. Hey, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends are over death. Just quote the Bible to them. You don't have to argue with them. You don't have to tell them they're wicked. or You don't have to be mean to them. You just say, hey, the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends are over death. You're going the wrong way, and I love you. You do that in love, and they're faithful. Those wounds from a friend are faithful. I've had so many friends have to come up to me and straighten me out and tell me stuff. And man, it hurt at the first. I tell you, it cut me. It cut, you know why it cut me so deep? Because I loved them. When you have somebody you love come up and, and, and scold you and correct you, it cuts. Amen. It does cut. But it's faithful. And you need to realize, hey, that's a friend that loves me, that's faithful. When one of y'all come up to me, and I know every one of y'all love me, and y'all come up to me, and y'all, y'all say something to me, y'all do something, it's, it's faithful. When my wife, we're driving home from church, and my wife says something about this or something about that with my preaching or teaching or something, that's a wound that cuts me, but it's a faithful wound. I know she's telling me out of love. She's not telling me trying to hurt me. Hey, an enemy's going to kiss you. See that? But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Let me show you and tell you some of the ways the enemy's going to kiss you. They're going to kiss you and say, everything's going to be all right. That's what an enemy will tell you sometimes. An enemy will tell you everything's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right. Sometimes it doesn't turn out all right, Amen. But I can, tell you, I can tell you as a friend to say, hey, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know Jesus Christ loves you, and you got a place waiting for you in heaven. Amen. I can't tell you you're going to get off that bed of affliction. I can't tell people, hey, you're going to be healed of cancer. I can't tell them that, amen. Oh, I mean, I could lie to them. I could kiss them with deceit and say, hey, everything's going to be all right. I, but if they know Jesus Christ, they say, hey, you know Jesus Christ. Everything's going to be okay. you got a place waiting for you in heaven. Jesus will give you the grace to bear it. Amen. But when you tell somebody that's dying, that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that's going to hell, you can't go in there and tell them everything's going to be all right. That's a kiss of an enemy. And that's what the world wants you to do. Or they'll tell you, it's not that bad. Hey, without Jesus Christ, it is that bad. <laughs> hey, I don't know how you're living without Jesus Christ, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, it is that bad. They'll tell you, kiss you with in your enemy will kiss you with stuff like, hey, the Bible's full of errors. All religions are the same. You know, they'll, t- they'll tell you stuff like, you're not going to become one of those religious fanatics, are you? See, that's a kiss of an enemy. That's not a real friend. When your friend starts kissing you with deceitful stuff like that, get rid of those friends. God's got a hundred other friends lining up for you. You know, uh, around Brownwood, Texas, I don't have a lot of close friends. Around here, I've got y'all as friends. And I appreciate every one of y'all as friends. I love every one of y'all. A lot of my friends are on that wall. They're way over in another country right now. You know why they're my friends? Because first and foremost, they love Jesus Christ. Amen. And when they love Jesus Christ, and of course you know I love Jesus Christ, that makes us friends right off the bat. We got something in common. 
and I know they got my back, and they know I got their back, and when I'm having problems, they pray for me. I got a friend, Mark Smith, he's in Virginia. He found out I was having some problems yesterday. He, got, he was praying for me. He was texting me. He was checking on me. And that's a faithful friend. I hadn't seen that friend in over two years. But he loves me, and he told me, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. That's a faithful friend. And that's a friend that's a friend of mine because of Jesus Christ. We need friends like that. But we need friends in Jesus Christ. We don't need enemies that are going to kiss us with the kiss of deceit. You remember how Jesus Christ was betrayed? Jesus Christ was betrayed in the garden by a kiss from Judas. We don't want a kiss of deceit. We want a friend that's willing to wound us when we need to be wounded. Because when you're wounded, they'll make you a better man. We all want to be better men and women for Jesus Christ. Look at one more, 28, chapter 28, verse 20. This is the last one and we're done. In closing, don't let, the, don't let your friends be enemies of deceit. You know what you need to be? When you have a friend that's trying to kiss you with deceit, you need to turn around and be that friend that's going to wound them. Tell them the truth, amen. Hey, when your friends are turning on you, you need to be the friend that's not going to turn. Stand strong. Be faithful. Be faithful to the Lord. Look at chapter 28, verse 20. Last one. A faithful man. Listen to me. The Bible says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Are you going to try, you're trying to live in this world to be rich? You're not going to be innocent. You can't be innocent. But the point of that verse is the first of it. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. The last thing I want to show you this morning about being faithful is if you'll be faithful, you'll be blessed. In everything in life, in everything in life, if you will find a way to be faithful, you will be blessed, guys. If you'll find a way to be faithful to your spouse, you'll be blessed. If you'll find a way to be faithful to your job, you'll be blessed. If you'll find a way to be faithful to your country, You'll be blessed. If you'll find a way to be faithful to your church, you'll be blessed. If you'll find a way to be faithful, the most important faithfulness you need to have, if you'll find a way to be faithful to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will be blessed. You see, how it, you see how it all goes back to Jesus Christ? It all goes back to just being faithful to Jesus Christ. We need to be more faithful to the Lord. We need to be more faithful to our spouse, our our family, our country. Nobody's faithful anymore. They want to turn. They want to run. They don't want to be faithful to what the Lord's called them to do. But guys, I'm here to tell you, if you'll be faithful, you will produce fruit. That way, one day, when you stand before Jesus Christ, He won't have a look of shame on His face. That's what I'm afraid of. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of standing before Jesus Christ and Him looking at me and He had that look that He gave Peter. Remember that look He gave Peter? One look. Peter had denied Jesus Christ three times and then the, the Bible says that, that Jesus Christ looked on Peter. And Peter looked on Jesus Christ. And when they made eye contact, Jesus, it says that Peter saw the look on Jesus Christ's face and it says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. When He gives you that look, you won't be able to handle it. I want to be able to see Jesus Christ and I want Him to say to me, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. 
Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.